Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach at sumatisparks.com. And I'm really excited today to have on our show a non-monogamous couple. The, the woman is named Lori Roniger. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And the man is Nate Hayes. Lori is a journalist who lives in San Francisco. She's a mother, and she has been involved in the non-monogamous communities for more than 15 years. And Nate is a native San Franciscan who has three grown children, came from a traditional monogamous marriage until he met the amazing Lori. (laughs) So I want to hear all about that. So welcome to the show, Lori and Nate. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. This is exciting. Yes, of course. Okay, so let's start by talking about how you guys met and how long you've been together and all that good stuff. Would you like to start, Lori? Sure. Um, So we met around two and a half years ago at a um, higher human awareness institute workshop. And um, I don't know, do you want me, do you want all the details of the story of how we met? (laughs) (laughs) As much as you want to give us. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. I'm not trying to figure out what would be most interesting, but I just, I noticed Nate at the workshop when he gave up, got up and gave a large group share that I um, found really like entertaining and funny, and um, I thought he was very attractive, and spent the rest of the weekend trying to get him to talk to me and interact <laughs> with him, and. Um, I was just, it was just, I guess, good luck that he happened to also live in San Francisco and um, and that we were um, compatible in, um, like, a large number of ways, it turned out. Wonderful. And so, Nate, how, how long, uh, how has your relationship been since you first met? I believe you're living together now, is that correct? Yes, yeah, we've, uh, it's been just a nice whirlwind ride. And uh, we've been together, living together, was a year and a half now? I hope I get that right or I'm going to be in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have a funny story about when we met because when I was at the high workshop, part of my theme was to, like, completely turn off the, uh, you know, the game, you know, like trying to find somebody and, you know, being flirtatious and stuff like that. I wanted a real flat, clean thing and here's Lori trying to get my attention so <laughs> but as soon as the workshop was over it was something like whoa a big part of me just said I needed to start back with her and it went on from there wonderful and I don't mind giving a plug for the Human Awareness Institute if anyone's interested it's hai.org excellent workshops on love intimacy and sexuality um, so Lori um, tell me a little bit about your background uh, you said you, you've been in various non-monogamous communities for 15 years. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your history. Yeah, well, I feel like for most of my life, I've been you know, interested in non-monogamy, and it's at least the way I tell the story now. Um, 
I'm 45, but I kind of recall maybe as a teenager thinking that at least sexual monogamy sounded kind of dumb and um, always at least had my eye out towards what alternative things were out there. And, um, you know, in my 20s was interested in, you know, finding out about, um, you know, alternative sexuality. And it wasn't until I was living um, in the Bay Area and um, and I'm originally from um, the New York City area, but it wasn't until I was living in the Bay Area and um, had finished a grad school program out here and was 29 that I started um, exploring um, the sex positive and alternative sexual community in the Bay Area, and I met um, at a gathering of bisexual people. I met um, the man who um, I had my children with and um, would be my partner for 13 years, and it turned out that um, he already had a long-term partner who he lived with, um, who was a man, but he wanted to have a relationship with a woman and have a child, and um, and I found myself in a relationship with this person and um, obviously became very involved in um, non-monogamy and alternative communities from there. Mm-hmm. And so is he still in your life? Are you guys friends even though you're not a primary couple anymore? Yeah, well, we are you know, both very involved in um, raising our kids together. So I, we have mm-hmm. a very good co-parenting um, relationship. And also his, and, um, uh, his um, other – I used to live with him and his other partner – and um, his other partner, um, or current partner, is also still very much involved with the kids. Oh, great. So you, you lived with both men? Yes. Oh, right. And then does he still live with the other male partner? Yes. So his um, other partner he lived with for 30 years, and I lived with them for about 15 years. And um, that's the wow. setting in which we had our two kids. Yeah, that's very interesting. I want to talk to you a little bit more um, later about uh, what your children's experience was with that. Um, But let's move on to Nate right now. Um, So you were in a traditional monogamous marriage for 20 years. And so was Lori your first uh, relationship that was non-monogamous? Well, other than the sort of... uh relationship you have where you're not quite sure if you're fully in a relationship and so there are other people involved um, like from high school and early college that kind of thing um, there's only one well yeah a lot of people who, a lot of people when they're dating they're polyamorous <laughs> it's yeah, called dating <laughs> yeah, it's like, right yeah it's just like what level of commitment do you have or you know willingness to let a situation continue when you have more than one person you're involved with and yeah because so fine, it's not a fine line at all. It's nice and blurry between uh, dating and having relationships that are acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so your question, and you um, have, again, you, remind me. Sorry. Oh, just um, wondering if Lori is your first um, non-monogamous real relationship. And then also um, you can tell us a little bit about you have three, I believe you said you have three grown children. And I would just like to yeah. hear a little bit about how it's, land, how it's landing for them. Right, yeah, so Lori is my first uh, open relationship and, um, you know, real relationship like that. 
Um, my children, um, it's tough to say. I, I, you know, my ex put a lot of uh, narratives in their head about what is or is not acceptable. And, um, you know, she's not what I would call a sex-positive person. And, uh, well, that was part of my problem with being in that marriage. But um, so, but, so I have three children, and my eldest is, uh, you know, quite angry over the whole thing. And, and, and uh, but he's never expressed to me anything that indicates that he doesn't think that what I'm doing is bad or something like that. Um, at least not to me. Um, and I haven't gotten any of that feedback from any of my children, but they're not very happy with me. So um, um, Mostly I don't really have divorce. good working relationships. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Um, the divorce is overriding. So more, yeah, the divorce yeah. overrides everything. There. Got it, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But it, but you have they haven't judged you about your current lifestyle necessarily? No, they haven't really dug in and put their foot down over it. I, I've gotten that from other members of the family, like my stepfather. But um, my kids have said things, but not in the in any, like, disdainful way, just more like, you know, mm-hmm. accusational. But that's more divorce anger, I think. Well, that's good. Okay, well, so while I'm talking to you, Nate, um, maybe you can tell me a little bit more about how being in an open relationship has changed your life or what it's meant to you. Yeah, it's like throughout my life, uh, a couple of big things have been, uh, I've known have always been present. One is is a great desire to engage with people more deeply. Um, and uh, the sort of narratives we have around relationships, you know, kind of put big blocks up around the ability to do that. And um, I'm a high-touch guy, um, and I'm also, you know, I like to engage with people. And, like, if I'm engaging with someone that you know that I'm, in a relationship, suddenly they'll cut it off if it gets too personal. And, and I just don't, I've never understood that. So now that I'm in, in an open relationship, I get, uh, I get to practice that and I get to be that and I get to overcome these sorts of narratives that have been fed to me and that I was believing that somehow that way of relating to people in the world was not a good thing when it actually is the only way we really relate to each other if we don't put up barriers. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And how has it changed your feelings about your sexuality? Oh, that's the other thing, too, is just, you know, the, the sort of a culture of acceptance of who and whatever we are or choose to be um, is just the most wonderful thing to be in. Um, I, uh, I've been able to explore parts of myself, you know, particularly around, um, you know, issues of control and dominance and things like that. I've always been uh, you know, sort of told that you're, you know, you're a bad guy if you like, you know, pull someone's hair or something like that. And, um, you know, but I've learned to grow into that and see it in myself. And that's empowered me in all aspects of my life, the sort of reclaiming my territory as a, as a, you know, strong male figure. Mm-hmm. Great. That's beautiful. Thank you. And I happen to know a little bit about you guys, and I know you enjoy, quote, pimping <laughs> pimping each other out, <laughs> meaning that you kind of set up sexy dates for each other. Um, and so I want to hear a little bit about that. Um, maybe, Lori, you can tell me how 
having some connection to the people that your partner dates is important to you and, and why, quote, pimping him out to other people is a good way for you to practice non-monogamy with Nate? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I feel like this touches on a, on a few different things that kind of work in our relationship. Um, so I'm trying – yeah, I definitely like, um, have, as you mentioned, having some connection to um, – women Nate's connecting with or dating or being sexual with. Um, and I don't know if I can totally put into words why, but that feels most comfortable to me to have a connection with the other woman and to be acknowledged and, um, you know, have know that that person is like kind of has my back and is looking out for my feelings and, you know, understands the importance of my relationship with Nate. So mm-hmm. that's, um, I'd say that's one part of it. Um, and, um, yeah, and in terms of how we might, you know, pimp each other out, like it's taken different forms over time, and I'm sure, you know, it will continue to. Like one thing we did a while back was I literally in um, one I think it was, it was probably in one, one Facebook group I put out there that he was looking to um, connect with more women. And um, someone, a woman responded who I didn't know, and, you know, I set them up on a date. <laughs> and they had a Beautiful. couple of dates. And um, at other times, um, let's see, if we've been, like, at a play party or a sex party, I may have um, facilitated his um connecting um, with, with a woman. Often it might be someone I already know and I'm friends with. Um, and um, this can end up just being, like, sexy and fun for play- and playful for everybody as well as um, comfortable for me because I think I feel most comfortable, um, you know, especially if I'm around, if it's a you know, woman I know and trust. Um, right. And, that's, and, and then sometimes we also, like, date the same people together, and I also tend to be more of um, the calendar person in our relationship, and, um, and, and Nate is more of the cook, so sometimes I will invite people over to um, spend time with us or um, help him, like, arrange a date with someone. And um, I don't know. I think, like, that I feel comfortable with that, and I think um, also, like, he enjoys – I think he enjoys that, too, but I think can probably speak to that. Right. Um, So I just want to say that people all have different ways of doing non-monogamy. Once you step outside the traditional box of monogamy, the sky is the limit and we can design our own relationships. So some people would prefer not to know their partners, other lovers, whereas you prefer to kind of know who they are and know that they understand your relationship with him and so how did you, did you and Nate negotiate and communicate to get to that point where you could tell him that that's the way you like to do it? Well, I feel like we're, we're kind of learning with each other over time. And so I didn't know all this right away, but we're, we met at um, like a self-growth workshop, um, you know, about love and sexuality and communication, and we both are at a point in our life where we're interested in, you know, growing and exploring these areas. So we've all, and we both just like to communicate and connect really deeply with each other. So I think we've kind of just um, 
learned this stuff um, together, you know, on our own. Um, I would say once, and also I found in different non-monogamous relationships, I've done them differently, and, you know, just depending upon where I'm at or the person I'm with, so I'm always learning new things. And um, with my um, partner with whom I had my kids, I'm, generally we weren't um, opposite sex dating new people, and we were, do, we were doing, you know, our non-monogamy or poly differently and in a way that I think maybe in some ways I found easier um, for some of the time. Some of the time I was only dating women. Later I did date men. So we also changed things over time. But um, in this relationship with Nate, he's, you know, actively dating new women, and I'm having to, like, learn new skills around that, mm-hmm. about how, how it works for me. Right. And so it sounds like the two of you are keeping the lines of communication open as you go, and you've probably learned a lot from going through interchange together about that, right? Yeah, going through interchange together was a... Uh... You, know, you just brought that up, the interchange counseling. Interchange, I forget the name of the website for that, but um, that was a wonderful thing to go through and grow our relationship, having being immersed in this whole culture of personal growth and relationship. And, uh, yeah, I think that that was an amazing, amazing experience to do it that way. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, uh, Laura, you told me that labels are always troublesome, and I had to come up with some kind of label in order to advertise this show, and you chose the label non-monogamy. So can you tell me a little bit more about why that was the appropriate label for you? Right, right, yeah. And I think I will like saying that I'm non-monogamous, or also that Nate and I are in an open relationship, but um, Mm -hmm. it's Versus the um, term polyamory, my understanding of it is that, like, multiple loves. Whereas um, while I have a deep, loving relationship with Nate, my connections with other people um, are less connected and less deep. And, you know, and I don't really want to put a, a label on what they are. So just seeing we're in an open relationship or non-monogamous um, feels most comfortable to me and also very open-ended about um, the ways in which I connect with other people. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I hope I don't cause a fight by asking this, but (laughs) but Nate, do you feel the same with the women you're dating that it's, they're not really polyamorous relationships or is it different for you? I think that for me comes down to more a matter of time because, you know, the people that I do connect with, um, you know, I miss them. I want to see them again. And it's um, so, but I don't have the same anywhere close to, you know, the same level of uh, living my life with them that I do with Lori. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, and then our, my relationship with Lori is kind of fundamentally different in that way that um, she's my best friend. And so we talk about like, you know, what's going on with me with other people far more than I would be willing to do with someone else talking about, say, how my relationship with Lori is going. So my take would be is that in a more, you know, egalitarian sort of polyamorous way, it would be um, a a relationship that would be more like 
all things sort of equal. We're all we can all have our discussions about each other and how other how we're all working together sort of more equally. But it's it's not that way with Lori and I, and I don't expect that to change. Mm-hmm. So you've been together for two and a half years and living together for a year and a half. Could you imagine, especially Lori, you're bisexual. Could you imagine some point down the road, even if it's ten, fifteen years, um, having a, a woman uh, who has more of an equal uh, acknowledgement or equal a level of depth in your relationship in the future, or would you pretty clear that you just want it to be a dyad? Oh, um, so are you suggesting like if we had a like some sort of kind of equal triad with another woman where we're yeah could, could you see that as a possibility in your life okay. you know 10 years from now or something or, or are you pretty clear that that's not something you want to do yeah um yeah i'm very <laughs> yeah i don't know if i see exactly that on the other hand i'm kind of open to what you know seeing what life brings and i know from experience that just relationships change over time and we don't really know what's going to happen and what we're going mm-hmm. to want um and then also my kids are only seven and ten right now so mm-hmm. um as you know my time's limited but um i do have you know i know for the future i like the idea of living more in community with other people if we ever made that happen even though i just bought a house on my own two years ago um shortly before Nate moved in <laughs> and um mm-hmm. And I and I am open to the idea of um, either or both of us having a deeper connection with someone, um, but I also realize it's just we have like the realities of a busy life. Um, but mm-hmm. I am, you know, I am open to, um, you know, us at any point in time. Like, and I do like the idea if, if we did have someone we connected with together, and a man or a woman, it could um, it could be either, at least in my mind. Um, and or maybe it could even be a couple. I'm not even sure if we've talked about that option. Um, mm-hmm. I just, but it's you know at least at this point with my kids the age they are, it needs whoever we're connecting with. If we were seeing them more, they probably need to you know just fit well into our life because it is so um, busy at this point. But um, one thing I just want to add though. It's, yeah, I was previously in a relationship where there it was a V triad, and um, I do actually really enjoy just having um, Nate and I have a primary partnership and just being the two of us. So um, yeah, I don't know if it would be a good fit to have someone who had the same level of relationship with us in the future or not, um, and I think. Even the idea of it could be a little scary. On the other hand, like, it may be the perfect person would come into our life and um, fit just so and be, you know, enriching, you know, both of our lives. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, and you guys are relatively new. And so when your kids are older, if you're still together, hopefully you'll still be together. Uh, all of the skills that you're learning from doing all these workshops together and keeping the lines of communication open, I think will allow you to just roll with what shows up in your life and, uh, you know, just create what works for you guys as you go in your life. Yeah. So, so Nate, um, I really like, I want to go back to this pimping your partner idea because it's just a juicy <laughs> topic. Um, 
So tell me what it means to you and how, how it manifests for you. Yeah, well, okay. I think you want to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I have, um, I could, I would consider myself to have zero um, jealousy around physical things. Um, I really enjoy um, Lori being with other men or being with other women. Um, <laughs> other women, yeah. Letting out some of my own internal stuff there. Um, yeah, so the uh, um, I really enjoy that. And so when, like we go to, for example, a play party, you know, a sex party or something like that, there's something in me that is always looking to show off Lori in some way because um, I find her to be like this incredibly sexy and um, really, I would like to say, responsive to whatever it is that I'm doing. And, and I, I really enjoy watching her engage with other men in particular in the way that they, you know, just put their hand a certain way in her neck or something like that. And I see her whole body ripple with that. That's like, mm. and I don't have do anything i can just watch it happen and it's like almost like a little bit of a like oh the guy what this guy sees the look on her face you know it's just like i i really enjoy that someone else can discover her the same way that i have found her and find her to be and um i feel it's incredibly blessed that instead of bothering me that really turns me on and really uh so tipping my partner is uh something that is quite rewarding for myself and uh yeah, she likes it too, I guess. So. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That was really beautiful, Nate. I appreciate that. Um, so let me go back to you, Lori. Um, are you out about being in an open relationship? And what about with, like, other parents or in your workplace? Because you have younger kids. Yeah, I mean, I've found um, now as well as at other points in time um, how out I am. Can, it, I mean, and I guess it's, it can be similar to the way some people will talk about being out or not um, as gay, is that I'm out and I might be out in some places or not in others, or maybe you think you're out, but you meet someone new and um, then they don't know things about you. So, I mean, it's all kind of a, a process and can vary in different spaces and um, in a lot of my personal life for a long time I've been very out and a lot of my personal life is you know people who are very open about sexuality Um, on the other hand um, yeah I'm not always out or open with um, all parents I mean I think like in more recently I've been a little more out about some things or I felt like a a little more connected to um, the current um, school community that we're part of. But, um, you know, I also, there's also, I, I don't always know, I find if I'm more open, it's easier to, you know, connect and have a good relationship with someone. On the other hand, I, I wouldn't want um, someone having a negative um, view of me to, like, let's say, get in the way of my kid's social life. So there's all these different Factors. And then likewise at work, I haven't always been out, often haven't been out, um, or except maybe to a few people because I don't really see the advantage of it and I worry, you know, that it might not help me in any way and it might um, hinder me career-wise. 
So, um, but or, but sometimes I might be out to individual people. So it can yes, you know, it can vary because I try to balance the the various parts of my life, whether you know making a living or um, you know taking good care of my kids. Of course. Um, so if you're just joining us, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio, and this is your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach at SumatiSparks.com. And we're speaking with non-monogamous couple Lori Roeniger and Nate Hayes. And right now we're talking about the subject of being out about being non-monogamous and how it affects our workplace, our family, our children. And I want to ask you a little bit more, Lori. Um, your children were born um, in a, uh, I think you called it a V, um, so they must be kind of used to an alternate relationship lifestyle. Um, how, how do you yeah, deal with your kids now with, with Nate? Um, yes, yeah, so my kids have just grown up in a non-traditional um, poly-queer household. So, um, I mean, that's, that's just their life. And now, um, and they've always, um, once I started, I I started dating Nate before I ha- after I had ended my relationship um, with my kid's dad, but before I moved out of that house. And um, my kids have always connected well with him and enjoyed having him around. And um, it could be because they're used to having you know multiple adults around and uh, being around non traditional relationships. But I I don't really know why. But I mean, at this point, I feel like I have a great situation where I'm essentially raising my kids with three men. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's nice. Wonderful. And how about your parents? Are they still alive? Uh, um, my parents? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. So my, my parents are, yes, they're, they're, both, they're both very much with us, um, and although they live across the country. And um, they've known that, um, you know, I've been – non-monogamous and um, bisexual for a long time because when I had started dating um, my my ex with whom I had my kids, um, it was clear pretty early that we were getting pretty serious and that I might at some point move in with him and his partner and we might have a kid. And um, so I felt pretty quickly that my parents needed to um, know about this relationship and needed to know some things about me that they didn't already know. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, and that was a long, it was a long time ago now. And I feel like my recollection is like telling them some of the stuff on the phone did not really go that well. And I think I, I might not have been the most skilled in um, communicating about these things, but, um, <laughs> you know, they've had a, they've had a long time to get used to this. I mean, they've had a good relationship with, um, you know, the father of my kids and his partner and, um, and so while my parents prefer that I'm, that my other relationship was monogamous and they would prefer that Nate and I are monogamous, um, you know, they're, they, they just, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I do still have like a good relationship with my parents and they're really glad that they have grandkids. It's just I'm not living um, life exactly how they would want. Mm-hmm. Got it. And how about you, Nate? Uh, how out are you in your life, work, with your parents, et cetera? Uh, well, my parents know about it, and I've gotten a lot of different responses. My mother's um, religious, and so 
she's had to get into this uh, mode of like, well, God will provide, you know, what what I need. But she started out with thinking I needed an exorcism in all seriousness. And um, my stepfather was, you know, get that crap off your Facebook and, you know, something wrong with you. And then my natural father was like, oh, wow, how cool is that? You know, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, um, but for me, there's like a. Um, I have like this narrative that people don't want to know who I am. And so I maybe still try to over explain or tell people. So like I belong to a choir, for example, and, you know, there's there's a lot of gay couples in the choir. There's someone else who's poly. And, um, and yet I don't feel acknowledged or that I can speak about these things. And, um, you know, so I feel this sense of like, you know, they don't really know me. I want them to know me. And then, of course, at work, it's a different thing entirely. And uh, but there are people at work that do know that I'm in an open relationship and seem just fine with it, but I'm not sure that everyone would be fine with it. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm very – it's this place where, you know, I feel as if, like, the gay community has managed to make their mark and be accepted in, you know, at least in the Bay Area and places like this, you know, although I know it's quite horrible in other places. But I don't think that the the open and poly community has come anywhere close to the same level of acceptance. At least that's the narrative I'm telling myself. Yeah, we're we're lucky living in the Bay Area. It's probably a little bit more, uh, people are more aware that it exists than some other parts of the world, at least. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go back to you and, and go a little deeper, Lori, about how your feelings about Nate dating other women. Um, you had talked to me the other day about um, overcoming your programming around feeling competitive with women. Can you talk about that a little bit more and how what you're doing to overcome that programming? Yeah, so I feel like, um, well, just being with a with you know a male partner, I'm very connected to who, um, you know, dating women and dating new women is, um, you know, something that I, I'm still like learning how to do well, and you know, so it kind of feels like a growth edge, and I feel like often like women who I don't know or you know a woman who I don't know who he might be like flirting with or interested in, I I know can. Is I don't know someone that can feel kind of scary in a way, um, and um, and I feel like you know I'm probably not alone in that. Like I feel like the growing up in our society, I've you know maybe just grown up or been programmed to feel competitive with other women, and um, I feel like I'm trying to you know overcome that, and um, you know yeah, it's just kind of a <laughs> like a challenge and something I'm working on, um, just like not having kind of negative feelings come in regarding other women. At the same time, I feel like um, I've been learning kind of about what works for me and trying to do better about um, speaking up to other people about both Nate and I and letting women know that like I really like if – another woman does connect with me, have a conversation with me, acknowledge me in our relationship. And um, I've just, you know, been, been learning over time what works better for me and um, trying to um, voice that more. Mm-hmm. And so 
tell me a little bit more about your philosophy around why you are pushing yourself to learn this as opposed to just telling Nate, no, I don't want you to see women. Why do you want to stretch in this way? Oh, that's, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I think I, you know, it's, I really want to know what's important to him and what he wants to do. And so, I mean, there are a few different, you know, answers here. So, um, and I know he wants to connect with other women. He's also been in this, in a really long monogamous marriage. And I think is, you know, itching to connect with more people and with more women. And um, I, it wouldn't be right at all, I feel like, to not um, be creating a space for him to do that. Um, and so, yeah, so it's something about, like, what he wants, but I also feel like I try to um, figure out what is, you know, a reasonable amount of, um, I don't know, maybe stress that I can handle. And, like, take, like if something is feeling, like, w- like way too much, um, I might say so. Like, I only have so much bandwidth. I'm busy and I'm raising my kids. But if there's something I can handle or figure out how to handle, I'd like to try to, you know, do that and, and learn how to do it. And um, and I feel like sometimes my, my fears of other women can be just that. It's just like it's a fear. or I'm afraid of being scared, but there's really – you know, that might be it, there might be this great person he wants to connect with, and I might want to connect with too. And um, I just need to, um, you know, let that in and be more open to it. And I might find out that there's really nothing um, scary out there. And that, um, and I guess also another thing that comes up for me is when Nate um, connects with other women. That's really, you know, enriching for him. Um, in his life, and he'll often come home to me with, like, you know, rejuvenated and with um, a lot of great energy. So I think I also look at, like, what, you know, like, in total, like, what is, like, enriching for, like, his life or my life or our life together. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, having dates with others can actually enliven your own relationship then, right? Definitely. Um, or I also mm-hmm. just feel like I get um, my partner coming home to me in a better, you know, in a better mood, more, you know, ex- excited about life. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that's, I feel like that's great for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what, what kind of things do you ask for when you're feeling like you may have just stressed yourself a little too far beyond your growth edge? Um what do you ask for from Nate to help kind of reground you and know that you're still solid with him? Um, let's see. Yeah, I feel like that can, another good question, that can definitely vary um, depending upon the situation. I feel like for me, like maybe I can sometimes, I can sometimes, I think, be sensitive to things and don't want to, you know, get too overwhelmed or sometimes I can get overwhelmed and feel like I, can't take in any more stimuli so so often like if he comes one thing we've been learning and it's a learning process over time like when he comes home from a date um or we're reconnecting after a date that i'm the one who's very much in control of what information he gives to me about it and when and i'll let him know that 
like what I'm ready to know when. I also might find it helpful to reconnect with him, especially physically first before really knowing much about his date. Mm That's interesting, um, yeah, because some people might want to do it the other way where they would want to hear first before they connect physically. So um, it's good that you know that about yourself. That's great. Yeah, well, we're still, we, it's still trial and error, and we're learning over time. <laughs> and we've also yeah, had that's some exactly what, bad things that's happen, what I was too. Say. We, we practice as we go. Um, so what's it like for you, Nate, when you're in this relationship that's open after so many years of being monogamous and sometimes it's challenging for Lori, um, how do you manage uh, the process of seeking who you really want to be in the world, seeking connection, and then also wanting to honor this beautiful domestic partner that you have? How do you manage those, those two desires? Right. Yeah. So there's a, you know, the, part of me that like the lid has come off right and i want to just connect freely with whoever you know is the world brings by me and um but at the same time um i have you know a lot of you know self-doubt and things like that so that um i'm actually not i I feel as if when i'm doing something like that i'm going way out on a limb and uh, i can crash very easily from something like that and what is um really made the difference is um, the stability and the surety of my relationship with Lori and the depth to which she and I uh, go emotionally and physically, whatever. And that's very grounding for me. So um, it's not like I'm having to, um, you know, not do the things I want for Lori's sake. It's rather that I can't do those things unless things are very stable with Lori. If they're not going well with Lori, Mm -hmm. I, she'll tell you, I'm like the first one to say, okay, I'm not calling anyone up for the rest of the month. That's it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's totally to my benefit and and makes me feel very good when I take a pace that's right for her that also turns out to be probably a good pace for me too, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's part of the stuff that I'm learning too is it's not, you know, don't see bright, shiny object and um, go talk to her. Um, that I, that's another thing too is that Lori's got a great sense. Uh, she sits there and listens. She can pick up on things that I tend to gloss over that later I might regret, like you know, someone who's too clingy or someone who is you know try to wedge their way between Lori and I or whatever. She's much more sensitive to that than I am, and and so slowing down has given me this opportunity to see those same things. And um, you know, in fact, we've had really good conversations about that where I've noticed things and just like, uh-huh, yep. <laughs> so. Beautiful. So you're really prioritizing your relationship um, and making sure that that's solid before either of you uh, step outside it and connect with other people. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to add to that is that um, I'm not happy if, if Lori's not happy. And um, it's like I... I don't want to do things that are, you know, upsetting to her and the rest of it. I'm, I want to work with her, you know, through some hard times if they're coming up. But I, I, I really don't want to get in a position where she's not happy with something. I, it would not be right for me to say, like, okay, look, I'm going to go on this date. You're just going to have to deal with it. And, you know, no way. <laughs> that is 
totally not in my lexicon. I, it's, I'm not comfortable doing that. I don't like doing that. And, uh, you know, she in our relationship is first and foremost because everything else works because we have a solid place. That's just the way I work. I need a solid place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like the two of you uh, chose well with each other in that you both want to do open relationship in the same way where you have this solid container of the primary partnership and you have beautiful connections with other people, but only in a way that enhances what you already have. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm going to go back to you, Lori. Um, you are a journalist. You have a degree in journalism. And then you started doing these workshops like Hi and um, uh, what, what did we just talk about? Interchange. Uh, the counseling. Interchange, yeah, sorry. Interchange. And now I guess you're going to be getting a master's in psychology. So are you going to be taking all this experience in open relationship and kind of morphing it into some sort of a profession? Yes, I'm, I'm hoping to do that or do more of that. Like after um, finishing the interchange counseling program, um, a year ago, I have been doing a little bit of um, counseling of other people, and I really do like to do counseling around um, open and alternative relationships. Um, so, yes, I'm hoping um, with um, going to be working on a master's degree in counseling psych- psychology, so I'm hoping to, um, you know, get more knowledge in this area and more skills and to, um, you know, do more counseling, um, you know, in this and other areas in the future. Mm-hmm. And you have a blog. Is that what are what are your blog topics? So, um, well, I've done I've done a couple of different blogs um, in the past. Right now, I've been um, posting some writing on um, Medium dot com and um, using um, the under as Lori Rochelle, which is my first middle name. And um, what I tend to write about. Um, are, I, I like to write um, in the first person um, personal topics about um, sexuality and relationships and, um, you know, so about some of the interesting, um, you know, things that happen between me and Nate and the people we connect with and, um, you know, the feelings that can, um, the feelings and sexy situations that can come up. Oh, great. That sounds interesting. How can people find your blog? Yeah, so um, you can find it at um, well, Lori Rochelle at medium.com. So if you put in um, medium.com, M-E-D-I-U-M.com, slash at Lori Rochelle, L-O-R-I-R-O-B-H-E-L-L-E, you should be able to find me on there. Great. That sounds really interesting. I'm sure you have a lot of great stories with all of your parties and <laughs> pimping each other out and all that stuff that you do. That sounds like a really fun blog to read. <laughs> yeah, that's some of the stuff I, I was, like to write about. Yeah, and I, I also thought it was really cute in your story uh, when you told me about sneaking listening to Dr. Ruth as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was mentioned recently I was thinking about how did I, I'm trying to think through, how did I get so interested in, you know, sexuality and 
relationships. I was thinking about it as I was um, writing some things for my grad school application, and I just like I've always been interested in these topics, like my a lot of my life, and I feel like I grew, I was lucky to grow up in a household that wasn't sex negative. Like I didn't have the you know sexuality that we all have. I didn't have it drummed out of me in any way, and um, I was also always interested in psychology. My mom's a psychologist and a therapist, and um, psychology was one of my majors um, undergrad, and it's just been in recent years that I've been turning my, you know, some of my attention back in that direction. Mm-hmm. And do you remember some of the early things you learned from Dr. Ruth? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or just I in don't general? Know that I- do, but um, but I think I like that she was just like she's a spunky woman who just will talk about anything, um, you know, in a really open-minded way. And I guess mm-hmm. I would say, like, I I kind of maybe I sort of have a similar philosophy as um, a counselor. Like, I, I think I'm pretty um, open-minded um, about hearing all different things from people. Mhm. Beautiful. And so, how do you see yourself helping people? What kinds of um, counseling? Uh, what kinds of tools will you share with people? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Oh, um. So, well, yeah. I think I'm just right now trying to learn. You know, get get more experience as a counselor, and um, I feel like I between um, having, you know, learning more about psychology and counseling as well as having a lot of life experience with um, open relationships, I feel like I can, um, you know, help people who are, you know, whether they're in an open relationship or not or curious about it, help help people who are, you know, looking to um, explore this area more or learn more. And um, I feel like I can sometimes have a good eye towards um, what kind of options there, somebody might be able to um, find in their life that they don't realize are there or if they think they're, you can't do an open relationship or, you know, somebody thinks it ha- you, you're, you have to do a relationship a certain way or you have to have a kids in a, um, a certain type of family when, like, none of this is actually true. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I can be helpful for people if they're trying to, you know, maybe, you know, find their – their way through some of these things or sort out um, maybe a new way to do things. Right. And Nate, do you, how do you see using your interchange counseling just in your personal life or do you hope to expand professionally with that as well? Well, okay. I'm an engineer and um, immediately I uh, found great application with all those interpersonal skills and the way that the corporate culture that I work in, um, how I can enhance it, how I can uh, thrive in it. Um, And, you know, I've become sort of a, um, you know, a kind of a go-to person when it comes to, you know, people who tell me things that I don't think they tell other people and uh, they kind of trust that I'm, you know, good at holding space for people and, and I actually care about that. So that's been very effective, and that's part of my what I do for work. But beyond that, um, you know, as an engineer, it's like, you know, I'm surrounded by young people fresh out of school who are damn good at doing it, and, you know, that's a world that's constantly changing. And so, you know, I'm quite aware that this is not something I'm going to be doing after I'm 60, which is not that far off. And so, um, 
I think that you know being a counselor is a would be an incredibly rewarding way for me to transition, and uh, I think I'm good at it. And I think that if I was well trained, I would be, you know, be well worth people's time to spend with me to help themselves. I think so too. I think you both have a lot of experience and a lot of practice to share with people. So I'm really glad you're wanting to be of service to others who want to step outside the box and practice non-traditional relationships. So mm. it's been delightful speaking with you both. Um, I believe uh, you have uh, an offer that you'd like to give our listeners, but before I give you time to do that, is there anything else that, that either of you would like to say that you feel kind of has been unsaid about uh, open relationship in general, about your relationship, anything that we've talked about? Um, I, about open relationships in general, I would, I would encourage anyone who's listening to, to know that, you know, open relationships, you know, requires a lot of work, but that work is the work of, that is just improving oneself and getting great with the world. And it, and it just comes at you in, in heaps and droves. And, and I, the, the pace of my development being in an open relationship has just accelerated wildly and, uh, and, that I think is just rewarding all of it, all of itself, and totally worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. I'm putting together a workshop on what monogamous people can learn from polyamorous people, because when you're polyamorous, you have to talk about stuff, you have to deal with stuff. Whereas monogamous people yeah. can often sweep it under the rug for years or decades. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yes. a good point. I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anything else uh, either of you want to say? Yeah. If, um, what, one thing I was just thinking about now is how much, for me, I really love the, um, amongst other things, the sexual aspect of being non-monogamous. I mean, I just find it juicy and rejuvenating to have, you know, sexual connections with more than one person or to, um, you know, or with more than one person at once or to be in, um, you know, at a play party or a sex party with um, all different people, like, having sex around you or, you know, having people watch that. I just, I really enjoy the energy of that, and um, I feel like having, like, a juicy sexual life just feels, like, really good and energizing um, to me as a person and my body and my brain, and I think just having more... Um, you know, open sexuality would be um, you know, good for our world and good for a lot of people. Right. It's the life force. It's life energy. And I think sometimes long-term monogamy, oftentimes long-term monogamy can uh, put a real damper on our sexual vitality. So uh, I agree that, that having access to lots of flirtation and juicy experiences can really keep us feeling alive and young and even more connected with our partner. So thank you both of you for being a great role model for that. Um, So again, it was wonderful speaking with both of you. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and sharing uh, so much transparency about your relationship with each other. And you guys seem like you're on a really good track for a, a lovely long-term relationship. I look forward to seeing you around the community. 
And uh, before we leave, I believe uh, Lori has a gift for people that's going to support her uh, continuing to learn how to counsel. Um, and then please let us know how we can get in touch with you. Yeah. So um, together, um, Nate and I are offering a gift of um, three um, to to the first three people who um, contact me um, a free one-hour counseling session. And um, that could be with me or with Nate or with both of us together. We've also um, very much enjoyed um, counseling couples together, and um, I feel like we, we do that very well because we have some complementary um, counseling skills. And um, he can be really good at going deep emotionally with people, and I feel like I can um, jump in with um, – know, different ideas about, like, has somebody looked at something in a different way or tried communicating in a different way or um, thought about how their partner was feeling about something. So, um, and we definitely like to do um, counseling around um, open relationships, but we're open to, um, you know, counseling about anything. And um, I can be reached at um, lorironger at gmail.com. That's L-O-R-I. R O N I G E R at Gmail. Perfect. Thank you so much. What a generous offer. So the first three people that ask get a one hour counseling session with either of you or both of you, their choice. So thank you for that generous offer. And it's been delightful having you on Leading Edge Love Radio. I hope you'll come back in a few more years and let us know how things are going. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that sounds great. I've, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Okay, great. We'll talk to you later. Good night, you guys. Good night. Good night.